now, you're tuned in to RBLR, the home of Tampa Bay's Reveler Sports. This is your RBLR Rays podcast. I'm your host, Zach Dobb, along with my co-host, Pat Davenport. Pat, how's it going? Baseball oh, is happening. Baseball. Baseball Watch is it. happening. The, the grapefruits, cactuses. Yes. The two fruits that matter right now. Is cactus a fruit? I need, I need uh, more. Pro, uh, you can get cactus uh, is fruit. Is there a I seed? Does, does the yield fruit, seeds? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think cactus yield fruit. We're going to go with that. Yeah. So it's a good time to be watching fruity baseball right it now. Is. And it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, results uh, are not great. I don't think we're high in the Grapefruit League standings, but I, no. I, I, I mean, I'll let you be the judge of if that matters. We'll probably talk about that a little bit later, in fact. So um, hold your Grapefruit League opinions, and we'll get to them in just a moment. We will, and we will get to them because we've got a super fun show this week. We are the, the Rays are playing baseball. The Rays are playing baseball. It's great stuff. But before we talk about the new Rays baseball. Uh, we're going to talk about some some old stuff, but some good stuff. The Rays won to their 2000th game last season, and before we completely, you know, turn the page on 2023 and the past and go into the future, we're gonna go, we're gonna take a look back and look at some of the best wins of those 2000. And can you be thinking about what your favorite of those 2000 wins are, and maybe maybe it will come up. And if it doesn't, you should tell us about it. We're also, of course, going to talk about what the what the Rays have done so far this season in spring training. Updates on some of the on you know some of the battles we've been looking at, some of the storylines, and just you know our general thoughts because there's a it's always great when there's baseball being played and if you're watching us on youtube uh do us a favor hit subscribe hit the like button while you're down there helps us out a lot and lets us know that we like that you like this show and you like us if you're on spotify follow us drop a rating and wherever you're watching from just share us around we're always glad to have you and we'd love for more people to be following us because we're going into a great season of Rays baseball and we want as many people around for the ride as, as possible. But before we completely turn that page and we move into the future, we'd like to talk a little bit about the past because the Rays won their 2000th game last year. And that is not a small feat. The, the Rays were, it seemed earlier in the, the Rays' franchise's history, like it may take some time for us to get to the 2000s when there's some rough times at the beginning of the franchise, but we're now in like, I don't know if it's, if it's like, if you consider this the golden age, or maybe the silver age of the of the rays that we're in right now but it's a really cool time to be a rays fan and so we thought it'd be fun to talk about some of the success from from this current run and from previous runs and just some of the coolest wins in race history yeah absolutely i mean we have the two kind of main competitive windows of the rays where most of the fun happened it was like that 08 to 2013 window which some would consider the golden age i would say this current window that we're in that started in like 2018 2019 time is even better and i think it will be remembered more fondly in history uh the kevin cash era will be remembered more fondly than the joe madden era um in fact this season uh this upcoming season i think kevin cash is going to overtake joe madden's win total um it looks that way so Uh, he needs to win, I think, like 20 games to, <laughs> to um, overtake his total. So if we don't win 20 games next year, this podcast will be an entertaining watch, I feel, because we'll be panicking and throwing stuff all over the place. Going, Why aren't we winning any Yeah, We go yeah. 20 and 142. Let's not even put that into the universe. We're just going to, we're just going to. We're going to be successful. We're just going to put that success into the universe. But as we're looking back at some of the success that the Rays have had, uh, we're going to give you 10 of our favorite wins from those 2000. And Pat, I'm going to let you start it off. What is your first favorite? By the way, these are in no particular order. They're no. We're not trying to give you the 10 greatest wins ever, like ranking them. Uh, if you wanted, you could just go to Baseball Reference and click championship, uh, the championship leverage index statistic and just find the ones with the highest numbers. And some of those are on there. And I guess you could do that if you wanted. But we're here to talk about our favorites and the ones that give us the most joy. But some of the most memorable ones are definitely going to be in there. So, Pat, I'm going to let you start it off. What's your first? Okay, so I want to start with who? Which one shall I open with? I will open with uh, one of my personal favorites. I don't know if this is a, a I don't think it's a deep cut, but it's probably not one that like immediately comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And that is opening day 2012. Mm. Um, that is the Rays' 1014th win in their franchise history. 
and it uh, essentially was a hold on let me get this get this correct it is where did i put it i've lost the box score um ah here we go it is a seven to six win over the new york yankees going one and oh onto the season um this had loads of fun things happen in it uh first of all the main story of this game was that after signing with the cubs as a free agent in the 2010 to 2011 offseason carlos pena disappeared for a bit and then for the 2012 season he signed back on with the rays making a grand return the legendary first baseman now mlb network analyst went placata and hit a grand slam off cc sabathia in the very first inning with a legendary call from Dwayne stats going welcome back carlos pena and the trop was rocking it was a sold out tropicana field it was insanely i was in my living room in in my hometown in the uk going yeah and then uh, the Yankees would then and actually make a comeback. Um, Raul Abanez uh, had a good game. Uh, mm. Arod had a good game uh, in that one. So there was lots of stuff happening. James Shields was getting shelled on the opening day start. He gave up six runs Oof. in five innings, so it was not good. And the Yankees actually had a six to five lead going into the ninth inning, and that is when it all turned around. And Carlos Pena would once again come up big with a deep fly ball to center field that would fall for a walk-off single giving the Rays uh, a win over the Yankees which is always euphoric Carlos yes. Pena is the hero of the day and a walk-off on opening day uh, Desmond Jennings also made a diving catch in the outfield uh, I think on the very first ball in play of the year Dude, so that's so fun yeah um, it was a line drive to center field off the bat of Derek Jeter and uh, Jennings dove and caught it to start the season and then we had a walk-off so it was a pretty electric game yeah um, we didn't end up making the playoffs in 2012 but it was still a really fun ride and um what it was just an, the perfect opening day for me yeah i mean like i don't know what more what more you could you could want from an opening day you've got all the drama you've got uh you've got home runs you've got diving catches and you've got a lot of names too like when you look i think if you were to look back and and watch this game you would be shocked by how many names that you know right now are are uh, were on the roster in that game just so much star power that like even if it's not like mlb star power it's raised star power and then you've got some of the mlb star power on the yankee side with jeter and sabathia etc even though we hate them there's there's just, that's just a that's a marquee kind of game and it's just you know the 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 relationship between the rays and the yankees is going to be a consistent theme as we go through some of these ones we'll just give you a little hint there's a couple more rays yankees matchups as we go along here because we hate them and we love when we beat them um but we it seems like whenever those two teams get together no matter when it is in the season fireworks are going to happen it's going to be a fun game and what a better way what what better way to start out a season than to put two teams that are going to create fireworks in the same arena i think i think the yankees and rays should just play every opening day because that would be wildly entertaining every single time i don't know like what the actual like like modus operandi for choosing who plays an opening day is but if you got if you put rays yankees every single opening day it would be box office no doubt right i my hot take is that the naughties sure Red Sox Yankees was the rivalry. Nowadays, the rivalry is Rays Yankees. That's the rivalry. Mm. Um, also, I forgot to mention Carlos Pena hit the walk off off Mariano Rivera. Wow. Mm, he gave that's up just three so hits beautiful. and two walks in a third of an inning. He blew up. So beautiful. You love it. So. I just, there's just so many things to love. There's so many things to love in just one small package of a whatever three ish hour package. There's just so much to love there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to remember some guys, I mean, Burke Badenhop pitched out of the bullpen. If you remember Burke, Burke Badenhop. Badenhop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JP Howell was there. Jake McGee was there. Yeah. Um, Elliot Johnson, my favorite immaculate Elliot grid answer. Johnson. There um, you go. If you guys play Immaculate Grid, uh, Elliot Johnson's such a good one. Um, I actually answered him today. Yeah. He got he played left field for the Rays for one game. It was a 0.5% answer. There you go. Um, I need to play more Immaculate Grid. I had... There was there was one a couple days ago that I like was so mad when I got to the... I can't remember which what it, what it was for, but there's one where Will Myers was an answer, and I'm like, oh, so disappointing. 
you need to know him. You need to know, I know. Myers. What I, kind of Rays fan are you? I, right. I felt like I felt weak in that moment that I didn't I could not come up with Will Myers on the spot. I really did. All right. I'm gonna throw it over to you now. Opening day 2012 is in our 10 favorite wins of all yes. time. What is your first pick? So my first pick is also not like I don't know if it's a deep cut as well. And I think Rays fans will probably remember this one. Uh, this one was Rays win number 1,646 was the number one. And that was the Travis Darno three home run game versus the Yankees. This was in 2019. Uh, I reviv- this, this game is one of my favorites because I remember where I was the entire game. I was actually at work for almost this entire game. And I was, and I would, I would be, and I wasn't supposed to be, but I would be periodically checking my phone for context. I was working at a big box store at the time. So I was on the sales floor the entire time. And I'd be periodically checking my phone and I was a closer. So like, as the game was good and was going on and on and on, I keep checking my phone and we would be down again. And like, and I would keep checking and the score would go up and I'd be like, wait, did Travis and I hit another one and another one? I mean, I was, I lost my mind in the, in the store. Like I had some customers looking at me cause I, I think the third one that he hit, I, I, I could not contain myself anymore. I audibly celebrated in the middle of the store during working hours. It was worth it for every single second. I mean, I love beating the Yankees like as much as literally anything, but I, there was a, like, that is a very specific memory for me because I was a huge Travis Darno fan that 2019 season. I was on the daddy Darno train a hundred percent. It is one of my fondest memories is being on that train. I don't know if anyone remembers that nickname, but me, um, <laughs> but I, I, and that was, that team was a fun team too. You had kind of some, you had some raised legends like Mike Brasso was on that team in this game. Guillermo Heredia was in right field for this game. Yeah. Joey Wendell, Willie Adamas, Abasail Garcia, mm. love, love me some Abasail Garcia, Oliver, Drake closed it out. Oh, Blake yes. Snell was the starter. Emilio Pagan was in there. Kittridge was in there. I mean, it was a. It, it, there's some great like or beginning of the the current dynasty uh, raised names in there. And I mean, and this was a this was a Yankees team by the way that had this was a this was when uh, Luke Voigt was on was with the Yankees. So they had Edwin Encarnacion, which is a which is I mean that's a that's an immaculate grid name that Edwin Encarnacion played for the Yankees. I always forget that. Yeah, uh, Judge was there. James Paxton started. Chapman closed it out or attempted to close it out, and one of the home runs was hit off of him, which is always fun. We love that. Um, it was. It's just one of those games that the it just shows again how fun that rivalry is between the Rays and the Yankees, and how we've had so many players that like I don't know that the greater will remember them too well. He's he Darno is still around and he's playing with the with the. Um, I think he's still with, is he still with the Braves? I think he is. I think so, yeah. So, and he's still around, but like there's so many of these guys that have come in and just been, the, the Rays have gotten the best out of them. So many individual guys that you, you like a guy like Abasail Garcia, like played, was, was a huge part of some Rays wins. Really fun guy. And you've got all these guys that have come in and that they may not be Hall of Famers, they may not even be Hall of Very Good. But they were they they provided so many cool moments, and there's so many players like that. Travis Darno is just one for me that really sticks out. But that's gonna that always sticks on mine as one of my favorite Rays wins. Yeah, I love that. That 2019 I think goes overlooked by some by some Rays oh, fans and yeah. just general MLB. We took the 2019 Super Team Astros to the absolute limit. We almost we had them. We, we were did. a Garrett Cole away basically Garrett if Garrett Cole wasn't playing out of his mind mm-hmm. you know, we could have had the Astros that day like so you know he was so good that day I may be so mad he was I mean he was on a different level that that yeah. day I remember it Ugh. um but you know that 2019 team was special I think it could have gone to the, to the World Series if it could get to Garrett Cole for one or two extra runs yep uh but alas I digress that's a that's a great pick that yeah little little D Lil D, some people call it. Not as fun Lil, of a nickname. Lil D, Lil, Lil D, Daddy Darno, <laughs> one of my favorite rays. One of my favorite rays of all time. All right, what's your what's your second, uh, what, your second win to contribute to our ten favorite wins of all time? Okay, so I'm going from opening day to uh, opener day. Uh, that is win mm-hmm. number one thousand five hundred and twenty two. Uh, it took place on May nineteenth, twenty eighteen, and is where the Rays beat the Los Angeles Angels five to three and the reason that this is a significant game is that it changed baseball 
as we know it, it is a landmark day for baseball. And if you just heard what I just said, a random game in mid-May that took the Rays to 22 and 22 on the season, um, like who cares? Let me tell you, something very particular happened that day. And the it all comes down to the starting pitcher for that game was none other than Sergio Romo. Sergio Romo at the time was considered a back-end reliever by the Rays and by everyone in baseball. He was a closer on the Giants, I think, most famously, and had been kind of a high-leverage guy for the Rays. And he started against the Angels that day. Um, And he was the, I think, first ever official, as coined, opener. Um, on purpose opener like there has been times in the past where a starter has not gone many innings like only one inning either because they were getting shelled or got hurt but this was by design Romo was like I'm going to pitch the first inning then we're going to hand over to what we call a bulk inning guy Um, and that was Ryan Yarbrough who went six and a third gave Mm -hmm. up just one run and Kevin Cash explained at the time that hey the Angels had a really good first three hitters in their lineup that were all right-handed zach Kozart, mike trout and justin upton okay and yeah. if you get through if you get through those three guys you've got albert Pujols as well so why don't we get not the soft throwing lefty why doesn't he not start there and why don't we get a guy that's really tough on right-handers sergio romo to do that first and then let ryan yarbrough a guy who was in his rookie season at the time right. get to face slightly easier matchups so he can warm into the game easier and uh, Sergio Romo struck out the side in the first inning. And uh, then Ryan Yarbrough uh, went and pitched really, really well. Uh, Ryan Stanek almost cost us the game, uh, pitching, <laughs> pitching in the eighth and ninth. Uh, he gave up a couple of runs, and they, the Angels got all of their runs right at the end of the game. But Alex Colomay got the save. Uh, Ryan Stanek would then become the signature opener yes. that year, um, in so much so that they made a bottle opener about him in a giveaway one time um so yeah i think everyone got really mad about it uh at the time like the traditional baseball all heads got really mad about it at the time and the Rays just kept doing it and it kept working for them and it's still yep. a thing that teams around the league now use every now and then and it's not the a plan and it wasn't the a plan for the Rays even when they did it uh, but if you've got a pitcher that you're concerned about settling into the game that you don't want to face the top, the top of a dangerous lineup, it always helps to bring in a good reliever to do that first. Because it doesn't matter the order that you use your pitches in as long as you get the outs. So, yeah, people got mad because it, it changed how baseball worked. Uh, but a revolutionary day for baseball. And I think it's maybe the most Rays win of all time. So I, I had to be on my list. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about what the Rays are, if you just ask a a casual MLB fan what the Rays are, the opener is something they would probably think of if they're trying to talk about what the Rays are and like what they think of when they think of the Rays. It's the ingenuity. It's the it's the ability to come to a game and look at a problem. I'm I'm set up to pitch Ryan Yarborough against, you know, three righties, one of whom may be the righty in baseball at the time. Like this is not a good plan here for me, and to and to look for a solution to that problem that is outside the box, and to not be afraid of what some people may say or what the old heads might think or what the other baseball media or the other team how they might feel about it, and to just say we're gonna do what it, what we think is best to win the game, and go out and just do it and to execute and to have the buy in from your team, and that's I think the underrated part of of the whole opener thing for the Rays. It would be have been super easy for guys because like. When you look at the statistics that get relievers money, it's things like holds, saves, that kind of thing. You're not going to get that if you come in in the first inning of a game. But the value that those guys provided was really, really high. And all those guys bought in, especially Ryan Stanek. He was phenomenal in in that opener role because he, he could bring power velocity where a lot of times we would then go to a soft tosser like a Chirinos, like a Yarborough, go to somebody else after him. Um, and to have the ability to do that was really, really cool and, and, and gave a lot of dynam- dynamic, you know, dy- dynasticism. I'm trying to think of the word dynasticism to the Rays rotation that you wouldn't get if you just had sort of the soft tossers that we had at the time to, to go out there every, you know, every couple of days. Um, and that those guys bought in, like Ryan Stanek, like Sergio Romo, a like a seasoned closer, a guy that could have easily been like, no, I'm not doing that. 
I am, I am who I am. I am a, I'm a, you know, I'm a legendary closer. No way I'm doing that. They all bought in, they agreed to do it and they did it really, really well at the highest level. And it is, it's what has built some of the, the legend of the race and of Kevin cash. And that's a great win to bring out because it just shows the kind of ingenuity of the race have always had. Absolutely. And you know, there's some great names here too. Daniel Robertson was the kind of offensive yes. key to the victory. He played shortstop that day and hit a grand slam. Um, and then Wilson Ramos drove in the fifth run. Uh, he has a couple of fun names that were also on that team. Rob Refsnyder um, mm -hmm. was on the team. Johnny Field was also playing right that day. Okay. Yeah, if you remember Johnny Field, Matt Duffy, Christian Arroyo was there as well. Matt Duffy, yeah. Uh, yeah, Chaz Rowe pitched a couple of uh, outs. So, yeah, it's, it's a good one. The 2018 team showed kind of showed what was to come in this current Rays window. It wasn't quite there yet. They were still putting together some pieces. Um, but the 2018 trade deadline is kind of, I think, what really started to assemble that core. Yeah, and it's yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, or I think I think I think that's kind of my thoughts on that game. Do you want to throw it over to, to your next one? Yeah, and I and I do, and I actually kind of want to piggyback off of talking about like what the Rays have done to to be successful and, and piggyback to another game, win number 1591, and that was the deb debut of Charlie Morton. And the reason why I think this game is so important is because it, it, it was the beginning of the current era of success the Rays have been in in that 2019. I think and I agree with you because we, we mentioned this earlier how underrated that 2019 team was. That was a good baseball team. That was a good baseball team. And one of the reasons it was such a good baseball team was Charlie Morton. He came in and brought stability to a staff that a very young staff that needed it and brought that stability. Brought that you know the the veteran presence that staff that needed it and was a huge part of, of the success of that team. And it was a big deal when they, when they got him in the off season, I remember where I was, I was actually overseas and I was like, who is this Charlie Morton guy? Cause I didn't, I didn't know the name off the top of my head. I was like, who is this guy? Like, and looked into him more and just was real. And, and it kind of was the first moment in my brain where I was like, Oh, Maybe we're really going to go for it this year. Maybe this team's going to be something this year because we've got we've got other pieces, and now we've got and went out got this guy who maybe could be part of the success of the future. And Charlie Morton came in and was phenomenal for the Rays. And you know, it, it's it's a guy that I think doesn't get enough credit for being a part of what the Rays have built because he was he was kind of around for the beginning of the success. You know, he was only he was only around in 2019 and 2020, so we kind of forget a little bit about him especially over the last 3 years as we've had some other big name pitchers kind of come and be a really big part of it. But he was a real even though he wasn't that good in 2020, he was still there as a stabilizing force. He was third in the Cy Young voting that 2019 season. Like that's a that's 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 a big deal. He was he pitched almost yeah. 200 innings. Like he also had he also led all of baseball in the fewest home runs per night that season. So wow. he was really, really good. One one fun thing about that game, he started against his previous team, the Houston Astros, was it was the team that he was starting against, which is which I think is fun. Um and yeah. got the win. Um, and, and again, and again, this was a really, really good Astros team as well. Like this is, this is George Springer, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Michael Brantley, Yuri Gurliel. That's just the first five guys. So he went out there, got a win and kind of started off this run of success. Also, as since we're just going to talk about some of the fun names that are in some of these lineups, Austin Meadows was in this lineup. Tommy Pham, love some Tommy Pham, G-Man Choi, Ivesel Garcia again, Mike Zanino. Uh, Daniel, I love Daniel Robertson's personal favorite of mine. Adam Kolarik pitched a couple oh, yeah. innings. That Remember guy. Adam Kolarik, that guy? Ultimate he was, Yep, he was out there. He pitched. He pitched like a, a third of an inning. Uh, he was out there. Jose Alvarado got the save that day. Um, Garrett Cole is the person that we beat that day, by the way, which is fun. Um, love that. Although only one run was earned, but that's but who cares? Because we still scored him. Um, just a really, just a really fun game, and also kind of the beginning of, you know, some of the, this run of success that we've been on. And I just wanted to highlight Charlie Morton as a guy that I think doesn't get enough credit for being a part of the success the Rays have had. 
yeah, Charlie Martin was a, a, a definition of a stopper. He was so good at just coming in and whenever you were like feeling a little bit low, you were like, hold on, Uncle Charlie and his Uncle Charlie were on the mound. And yep. they, he, yeah, he would, he would always put a stop to things if things were a bit shaky. And yep. that 2019 team is the, we've been going to the playoffs ever since. Basically, yep. we never looked back since that team took off and the window seems to not be closing anytime soon. So no. shout out to Morton. He said he wanted to retire with the race. He was a stinking liar because he's still pitching now. Yeah. <laughs> he went to go pitch like three more years with the Braves. But yeah. I digress. I, Uncle Charlie will always be have a place in my heart for what he did for the org. Okay, I'm going to throw it back a bit further now. I'm going to go back to win number 737, which mm. uh, was a 7-2 win over the Minnesota Twins on September 20th, 2008. And mm. the reason that that game is important is because it was the win that gave the, the Rays enough to clinch their first ever AL East division. Um, and... That was their first playoff run. They went from being the laughingstock of the league as the Devil Rays. And then in a way, they rebranded to just the Rays. And suddenly they went crazy. 197 wins. They were amazing. Amazingly good. And uh, they went all the way to the World Series that year before falling a little short. But they were a really special team that opened the door to a contention window that lasted a good few years there too. Off the back of the emergence of the likes of Carl Crawford. Off the likes of Evan Longoria, Carlos Pena. Uh, but there was also some cult heroes in that, in that lineup as well. Uh, Akinori Iwamua, of yes. course. Who could forget Aki? Uh, Jason Bartlett was there. Cliff Floyd had a, a two-run home run. Cliff Floyd in that home run in that game uh rocco baldelli pinch hit in that game um uh, grant balfour pitched an inning uh troy percival the now pitching coach of the angels was there he pitched for the rays that day and a bunch of future rays uh were on the twins that day as well rays legend and now bally sports analyst denard span um mm was uh, on the Twins that day. Um, so was Delman Young. He was on the Twins that Delman day. Delman Young. Um, and so was Carlos Gomez that played for the Rays for a little bit. Yeah, as well. Carlos Gomez. I remember Carlos Gomez. He was fun. Yeah, he was he, he was a spark plug guy for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think this was just, you know, the moment where the Rays became a legitimate force in baseball. Mm -hmm. And they have been kind of, except 2015 and 16, they pretty much have been a a consistent force in baseball yeah. ever since that day. I mean, the whole 08 season, but that was the day that we're like, we are here. We have won the AL East in the same division as the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays. We have done it. We are the best team of the bunch and we're here to stay. And they went all the way to the World Series. So like, yeah. just a, a huge, huge day for the Rays to clinch their first division. And hopefully one day we'll be talking about their first World Series. Hopefully very soon. Did you know that Cliff Floyd is the only MLB player to play for both the Rays and the Montreal Expos? I did or, not know that. Not the only, but one of the only. There's only been a few, and he's the most notable one that played for both. I, I, I looked that up when, or, oh, a couple years ago when, when we were in the midst of the Montreal discussions. I thought that was funny. Mm. He's, he's one of the most known guys. When you when you think back to what you know what started off kind of the race becoming legitimate and and that 2008 season was such a surprise um and and i think that we it with because of all of the the bads the the really tough seasons that that happened before then the the joy that was felt and i wasn't i was not a huge race fan at that time but taught but you know going back and watching those games it just watch the fans watch the crowd as you, if you go back and watch some of those games, the, the joy that they had in, in, in watching that team play, watching that team win, it's just so cool to see, to see a team that was went through so much, so much adversity for so many of those guys to then have that kind of success out of nowhere like that. It's what makes baseball amazing, that that can happen, that you can have a team that is just like down like in the middle of the pack or down in the dregs and then all of a sudden come up and be a World Series contender from what seemingly nowhere it's one of the beauties of the game of baseball it's one of the reasons why like I, I think it's super easy to get into baseball because even if your your team isn't even that good right now it all it takes is the one or two right moves and your team can be the team is that is it's all it takes so it's it, it's just what makes baseball fun great great game to point out and just a great emblematic of what the race have been yeah and the trop was sold out for that game yeah so 
yeah, I mean, shout out to the 08 Rays, special team, special season. Um, shout out Joe Madden. You've got a few more appearances on this uh, on this list that I'm sure we'll get to, but now we'll throw it over to you. Yep, and we'll we'll actually get to another one right now, and that's you know we're talking about uh, some of the early some of the not this is this is kind of a mid middle moment of the race, and it's it, it's and the reason why I think it's so cool is because it's something that we you just don't see very often. It's a game one sixty three win number one one nine five against the Texas Rangers, who were another re- really really good team that year with some really fun names on. It. Like like don't like that game was a was a tough win, and there were some great like Adrian Beltre, he of the Hall of Fame, Elvis Andrews, Ian Kinsler, Nelson Cruz, which was who was batting in like the six hole, which is crazy. Martin wow. Perez was was pitched like there was some really good players on that team. Not the same Martin Perez that we've, that has, that's, that's crazy. There's been two Martin Perez's that have been pitching for the Texas Rangers. That's crazy. Anyway, that's confusing. that is confusing. Um, but I, a thing that doesn't even really happen anymore. I don't remember when the last uh, one game, one sixty three was at, in, in, in Ooh, baseball since then. I think they got rid of it th- after the 20. Yeah. 20 season. I think it was when I they redid so. the playoff format. I think that's the, when they got rid of it. Yeah. So it'll never happen again. Which is nuts. Some, something that isn't that isn't going to happen again. And, and again, another electric atmosphere in that it was not in the trop. It was at, it was on the road. That game was so it was in the Rangers ballpark in Arlington. Forty two thousand people in attendance. That's that's tough to be forty two thousand people out there to watch your team. Hopefully, get to the postseason and not be able to get there. That's a tough one, but just yeah. another another really fun Rays team. I have lots of really fun names on there. Delman Young was out there. Will yeah. Myers, who we mentioned earlier, was out there. Sam Fold was out the there. Goat. The, the greatest goat, to ever do it. The greatest to ever do it. Desmond Jennings, as I said, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer was there. Um, Jose Molina. Our favorite catcher was there. David Price started that game. And by the way, not only did he start that game, he was all the Rays needed that game. Like, you don't see that anymore. You really don't no. see that anymore. Nine innings pitched, only seven hits allowed, only two runs allowed, only struck out four guys, but it didn't matter. On 118 pitches, he went out there and got the win. That's like, And that's something else. Like, I don't know how many times you're going to see one guy go out there into, like, into a playoff type atmosphere game and go nine innings. I just don't think you're going to see that very much anymore. So it's really cool to like, really cool to see that. And just another, like another game in in, in a franchise that has had some really, really fun end of season games. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the Rays ran the gauntlet that year because they then had to do the wild card game against Mm -hmm. the Cleveland and then they had to go face the Red Sox. So they had to like yes. run a gauntlet just to get to the DS. And yeah. uh, that was a that was a super fun season. Um and yeah, I think it was Alex Cobb, I think, did a really good start against Cleveland straight after that in the wildcard game. That sounds right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, that was awesome. David Price, I mean, what what a guy he was for us, one of our two Cy Young Award winners. And you know, he gets a bit of it gets yep. a bit of shtick for being a bit bad in the playoffs. Like he had a reputation for not being good in the playoffs. Uh, but even though this technically wasn't a playoff game for some reason, game one sixty threes counted as regular season games. That was a do or die game. That was a playoff. It game. was that was a playoff he went game. Out, complete game, shut him down, crushed him. Yeah, like David Price, throw some respect on the name. I mean, I think he does have quite a bit of respect on the name, but <laughs> I digress. Always uh, needs more. Always need more. I hope you're doing always well, David, more. wherever you are. All right. Should I talk about it? I should probably talk about it. You should it. probably talk about it. Win number 1013, game 162, 2011. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, where to start with this one? I was like, I've got to save this one till near the end, I think. Oh boy, game 162, 2011. I mean, what, what, what hasn't already been said about this game? This is probably, if we were ranking them, the yeah. greatest day in race history. Like, it was... It's pretty high up there. A legendary day in the Rays franchise and a legendary day for baseball in general. Um, Maybe the greatest finish to a regular season of all time. 
um, the context was that the Rays started September nine games out of the Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox to chase a lone, back then they only had one wild card, uh, the lone wild card spot. Um, the Red Sox had recently spent a load of money acquiring Carl Crawford from the Rays. Um, the Rays were expected to be in a rebuild and they started off super slow. They actually started the season 0-6 and they uh, slowly started to make their way back. The Red Sox had a historically bad September and it came down to the last game of the season and they were tied in the wild card standings. This Yankees team had uh, sewn up the division already and they were just playing for kicks, but they were a very good Yankees team. And the Rays needed a win while the Red Sox needed a win over against the worst team in the league at the time, the Baltimore Orioles. And um, I remember I stayed up on a school night to to watch this game. Uh, and I'm in the UK. So the game started at midnight. Oof. And I was. Um, so I stayed up with my dad, who's a Red Sox fan, to watch this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, on, uh, on, on the TV, stuck on the Red Sox-Orioles game. I loaded up MLB TV on my laptop and uh, stuck on the Rays-Yankees game. And we were trying to watch them simultaneously. And... Uh, the, it all went wrong. David Price, I did say he comes up big sometimes. Today was not one of those days. Yeah. He got absolutely shelled, particularly by Mark Teixeira, who hit a grand slam in the second inning to make it 5 nothing, And then in the fourth inning, homered again to make it 6 nothing. Andrew Jones hit a home run in the fifth inning, and it was 7 nothing Yankees by the fifth. And I remember there was a Red Sox analyst that was... It was a pretty close game between the Red Sox and the Orioles, and there was a rain delay. And during the rain delay, he said, well, it's it's safe to assume the Red Sox season does not end today. No matter what happens uh, in this Red Sox-Orioles game, even if the Orioles come back and win it, uh, we know the Rays are never going to win down 7-0 in the fifth. Famous last words. Ah, why do you open his big mouth? Why do you open his big mouth? So, what happened then? Let me let me tell you, okay? So, Sam Fold drew a bases loaded walk. Johnny Damon scored with 7-1. This is in the eighth inning, by the way. Yeah. Then, very next up, Sean Rodriguez, S-Rod, got hit by a pitch. Ben Zobra scored 7-2. Then, BJ Upton hit a sacrifice fly. Casey Kochman scored. It was 7-3. BA said, you know what? I'm feeling an Evan Longoria home run right now. I just feel it in my bones. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? Dwayne Stats would go, there it is. Long drive, deep left field, it's gone. And it was seven, six rays. But we only had an inning to go. And in fact, the first two hitters in the ninth were retired in short order. Uh, Sam Fold was due up to be the last guy a guy that had come up big time and time again for the Rays all throughout that 2011 season. But Joe Mann said, no, no, no. This is not the time for Sam Fault. Bring in the guy who's hitting 107 with one home run this year. Dan Johnson. Bring me Dan Johnson. Dan Johnson steps up to the plate. He immediately goes down 0-2. And uh, the Rays are a strike away from seeing potentially their season slip away. He works the AB, fouls off a couple of tough pitches, works it to 2-2. And then he hooks a ball down the right field line. It hits off the foul pole. And the guy that bats 107 hits a game-tying home run with two strikes, two outs in the ninth inning to make it 7-7. Meanwhile, the Red Sox and Orioles are trading it back and forth. Jonathan Papelbon's trying to close it out and the Orioles rally with a pair of runs in the bottom of the ninth to score a walk-off win against the Red Sox. Carl Crawford failing to make the catch in the ninth that could have kept the game alive. And then we flash over. As soon as the score is reflected in Tropicana Field, Evan Longoria hits his second home run to what was Crawford's corner, now known as the game 162 landing. His second home Mm -hmm. run of the day. 8-7 Rays. The Rays win. The Rays, after being nine games back with a month to go, go to the playoffs and secure the wildcard win. Wow. What a game. Legendary. Do you know how insane if you just... If you just, like, I just told the story, but, like, let me just say some things again that happened. 
Yeah. The Rays put up seven runs in two innings. The guy that hit Crazy. the game-tying home run was batting 107 off the foul pole. Evan Longoria hit a home run that would only have been a home run in that exact spot. Otherwise, anywhere else, it would have just hit off the bottom of the wall. Uh, the Yankees were the best team in the league, and the Rays beat them. The Orioles were the worst team in the league, and they beat the Red yeah. Sox. Like, all of these things aligned, plus the historic meltdown in the month building up to it. It's just like, this will never happen again. And I just, I can't, yeah. I can't illustrate I mean, how mental What more can you say? I, it was 5 a.m. when the game finished, yeah. and then I had to, I had to go to school. <laughs> and I couldn't explain why I was tired, because everyone in the UK doesn't follow baseball. But I mean, I've, I, I'm sure it was worth it every single minute. This is one of those games where I wish that I had been following the team like actively when this game happened. Because I was, I was not a huge baseball fan when I was younger growing up. And so I missed out on this. But I mean, I have gone back and watched this game many times. It is, it is truly electric what, what happened in that game. I mean, I don't think if you were going to, if you were going to say, let's make a movie. And we're gonna and, and we're gonna make the climax. And you and you slid what happened in this game across the disc of an executive. They would say that nah, that's, that's too ridiculous. You gotta you just gotta make it a little bit more realistic here. Like well, we gotta we gotta do something else. But it really happened. It really was that fantastic. It really did happen. One of the greatest one of the greatest baseball games ever played, in my opinion, because of all yeah. the stakes and all, all the everything that was on that game. Truly a truly an all timer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh my gosh, I'm I'm just not over it. I remember doing laps around my sofa at five a.m. and my dad's just pure heartbreak. And I was like, hey. "That's tough." Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? David Price was bad, but shout out to the rest of the bullpen that were absolutely nails. Okay, because yeah. um, Jose De La Cruz uh gave up yeah. an extra run. He gave up the Andrew Jones home run, but um, Cesar Ramos uh who's this some d de la rosa that is de la rosa d de la rosa dane de la rosa, dane pit- de la rosa. he pitched a, he pitched an inning um and then uh Ho- joel peralta kyle farnsworth brandon gomes and jake wow. mcgee all pitched scoreless outings in that game as well and they were, nails. they were nails for the rest of the game so 12 inning victory eight seven uh, i mean how can you possibly follow that up I don't know, but if you but before I do follow that up, I got something I need to tell all of you out there. If you have got a wardrobe right now that has been performing a little bit like David Price at the beginning of that game, not really doing what you needed to do, and you need some lockdown pieces in your wardrobe that you know you can call on whenever you need, and they're gonna be locked down. I have the place for you. It is shop.rblrsports.com. You already know by now. 10% off everything. Promo code Flappy. The best stuff for all the teams in the Bay is at RBLR. Shop.rblrsports.com. Promo code Flappy. Get 10% of everything there. Get the bullpen pieces of in your clothing lineup that you need for 10% off. Promo code Flappy. Shop.rblrsports.com. Yeah, your X drip will go up massively. X drip. We're going to, that's, we're, 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 we're keeping that. So uh, in order to, in order to go beyond what, with, in order to try to follow that up, it's a tough one. I don't know that it can be followed up, but in the way that I will attempt to do that is to go not to another regular season game, but to go to the postseason. Postseason win number 21. And this is another game that had a lot of story to it because before this game happened, this was in the shortened 2020 season. And before this game on September 1st was another game that the Rays lost 5-3 to the New York Yankees. And the game that we're, of course, I'm of course referring to is game five of the ADLS against the Yankees. And, but to set the stage properly for that, you got to go back to September 1st and a game that the Rays once again lost five to three, and the reason why that game is noticeable, notable is because of a particular matchup between Mike Brasso and Aroldis Chapman. Aroldis Chapman is, is, of course, known as, you know, a bad person, but also as a fireballing, you know, relief pitcher. And he got into it with the Rays that day, and he got into it specifically with Mike Brasso, throwing above and behind his head. And he got the end, which to add more insult to injury, he got the last laugh in that situation by striking him out that day. 
which just set the stage for this game. The Yankees and the, and, and the Rays have been going back and forth all season, as they tend to do. It's really where, I think in 2020, is really where this rivalry, which had always been kind of brewing, really kind of kicked into high gear. And it's just been continuing ever since then. The, 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 the genuine, I think, hatred between these two teams has started to come into play. And then we get to the postseason where you can really get all the bragging rights. ALDS game five, the, the ultimate game of that series. The, the Yankees let it off with Garrett Cole, who only gave up one run on an Austin Meadows home run. The Rays counter with Tyler Glasnow, who also only gave up one run on a blast by Aaron Judge. It's a 1-1 game going into the eighth inning. And who should step out? From the from the Yankees dugout to pitch that inning, but a role to Chapman. And who should Kevin Cash decide to sub out G Man Choi, who was a really who had been really productive for the Rays that season, to, 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 to shift him out for none other than Mike Brasso, to then have one of the most legendary at bats, maybe like maybe around you know in Rays history, where you've got two guys that clearly do not like each other just going at it. Like, you know, blow for blow. There's He's fouling off pitches. Aroldis Chapman's giving him everything he can got. And then finally, he throws one pitch that Brasso could get a hold of, send it out over the left field wall, uh, an electric call, a phenomenal moment. The Rays take the lead. And then after that, we go to the ninth. He was a shutdown performance from Diego Castillo, who is another cool Rays name that we haven't mentioned recently. Diego Castillo comes in, shuts it down. Rays win. Rays take the series, and the Rays move on, eventually going to the World Series that year. I love storylines. I love watching like season-long storylines. And what better end to a storyline could you get than, than, a, than a playoff series deciding at bat that, win, that ends up winning a game? One of my favorite games of all time. I, I was glued to my seat for every pitch of that at bat. Truly a great, a great moment in race history. Yeah, that was a total nail biter of a game the whole time. I, yes. like, we were on edge the whole time. Who was going to make the mistake? Who was mm-hmm. going to be the first to crack? Because every both the Yankees and Rays pitching staffs were nails that day. Yes. And it was like who's gonna who's you felt like the only way that was gonna happen was a, a, a home run somewhere because nobody yep. was gonna give up a rally. Everyone was locked in. Mm-hmm. And Brosso, yeah, maybe my favorite at bat in Rays history. It, it's insanely good how well he's stuck in there against one of the toughest at bats to face in the current game in a role as Chapman. And yeah, what a what a perfect way for the good guys to pick up a win. And I don't care if you're a Yankees fan, it's it's it is what it is. It was the it was the good guys winning. And yes. I'm so yeah. So proud, proud of Mike Brosso. And you know, he's still kicking about, he's still doing he stuff. He is, there. he's around there. I'd build a statue. I would build a statue of, million percent. of that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, the 2020 playoffs was a whole excellent vibe until it wasn't, until it wasn't. But it, yeah. it, it was a, it was a just good vibes the whole way through. It was good it vibes. Was ro- so I've got one more game that I'm going to put in there. It's probably nowhere near game 162. But it's it's... <laughs> How do you beat a seven-run comeback to win? How about the biggest Rays comeback in history, win number 1,079, where the Rays were down 8 nothing going into the fifth inning, and they came back and won. Uh, they won the game 10-8. to It's the biggest comeback in Rays history, uh, the largest lead they've ever overcame, and uh, in that was a 10-win, 10-8 win over the Angels. Uh, they went 66-54 and after doing that, and... Uh, Again, we got some. It, the, the rally went. Sam Fault started it off. Uh, he got a single, and then Desmond Jennings got a base loaded walk. Then Ben Zobris got a three-run double. Evan Longoria hit a two-run home run, and then in the next inning, Jose Lobaton, the ice cream man, uh, hit a sack fly <laughs> that got Ryan Roberts. Do you remember Tatman? Ryan Roberts. Ryan Roberts. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. Tatman himself, uh, he scored off the Lobatones sack fly, and then Pena hit a two-run home run in the eighth to take wow. the lead, and they never looked back. Alex Cobb was atrocious. He gave up all eight <laughs> runs uh, in two and two-thirds innings, eight runs allowed, 12 hits, just one strikeout. But then the bullpen locked it down. Yeah. Uh, no earned runs from the bullpen. Burke Badenhop, Rays legend, did it again. 
And then JP Howell, Kyle Farnsworth, Jake McGee, Joel Peralta, and Fernando Rodney all locked it down. And yeah, I just think we got to give a shout out to perhaps the best comeback in terms of runs deficit overcame in race history. Uh, a quick one, because we've got one more climactic game that we need to cover. We do have one more game, and it is one of the most exciting games maybe in race history. It's so exciting that Pam is on my lap. She wants to talk about it too, because it is, it is just that exciting of a game. It is a world series game. It is game four of the 2020 world series, a game that was back and forth all the way through the, the Dodgers staked out to a two nothing lead early in the game through the third inning Rays struck back for a run in the fourth Dodgers got one back in the fifth, but then the Rays got one back in the bottom Dodgers got another one in the sixth Rays get three in the bottom of the sixth Dodgers get two more in the seventh Rays get one. I mean, it was just back and forth all the way long until you get to the ninth inning where the, the Dodgers were up seven to six. And I mean, it, it looked like the race season might be coming to a close or might at least be coming to, they, it, they couldn't have got eliminated from that game, but it, I mean, it wasn't looking good. And, in comes from the Dodgers, their closer, the guy they would, you would, they would want to like theoretically be in that moment, Kenley Jansen. And the race just wouldn't go away. They just kept fighting. They kept getting guys on base. They would not give up. And it, it came down to the, maybe the ultimate Ray, the ultimate like ex, expression of what the race have be the Rays are and what they always are what they always seem to be is a guy who you would, you would never remember his name if you weren't a Rays fan or if you did, or if this moment didn't happen, the, you know, an, another in the, in the great line of Dan Johnson, guys like him who are remembered for, for a phenomenal moment, Brett Phillips, a guy who was batting South of the Mendoza line on the season was basically there for his defense and his base running gets up in the at bat of his life, pokes one out there into the outfield Complete madness ensues with, I believe it was Chris, was it, who was it that dropped that ball out there? I believe it was Chris Taylor mishandled a ball out there in the outfield, air mails it home. Randy is like stumbling, bumbling, running as fast as he can, trying to get home to, to secure the win. And he trips, but the ball air mails. I mean, I'm, I'm doing it a disservice. Just go listen to the call. There's, there's, there's two great calls out there. I mean, go listen to them. It was one of the most fun moments I've ever been a part of. I was screaming at the top of my lungs in my dorm room, watching it live. I think I annoyed every single person in my dorm that night. I was, I, I literally was screaming at the top of my lungs, running up and down my dorm hallways. I mean, it was, it was one of the most exciting moments. To I think it's probably the most exciting moment for me as a race fan that I have experienced. And it was pure, it was pure electricity. I don't know if we'll ever get a moment like that again. I hope we do very soon. But to me, for, for me right now, that I've experienced as a fan since I've been actively watching the team, the coolest game I've ever watched, the funnest game I've ever watched, the most electric game I've ever watched. So much fun. Yeah, I mean, that. what's crazy is how awesome the game was building up to that play because the yeah. play was so legendary that the rest of the game gets forgotten a bit, but that mm -hmm. whole game from start to finish is crazy back and forth, like you said. Yep. Um, but that Brett Phillips play, oh my gosh. There's not much these days that gets a Santa Maria out of Matt Vaskersian. But mm -hmm. his call on the international radio call, he, gets, he gives good. it a Santa Maria. And I can only think of two images. And these two images, I think, are enshrined forever in Rays history. If we were going to make the like a mural of the history of the Rays. One of them will be Brett Phillips doing the aeroplane mm -hmm. around the outfield, not able to breathe because he was just so like yeah. caught up in the moment. And Randy Rosarena after running back to third base and then quickly falling over and then getting back to home play after the like fourth error of that play. Yeah. Tapping home base, going, What yes. the heck just happened? <laughs> like yeah. with Helmet disbelief off. in his eyes. Yeah. Yep. Legendary. Legendary, Legendary. moment. And I don't know how the Dodgers messed it up so bad, but I'm I mean, so glad they did. And like, if baseball was a real sport, that made sense. <laughs> that would have been the, mean, yeah. the the Rays would have won the World Series off the momentum generated yeah, from that moment. If you would have thought it was a thing that made sense, and narratives like narratives followed their logical yeah. conclusion. But 
you know, the Rays would then go on to lose a couple of games. But at that point, I was like, we're going to win the World Series. We're the team of destiny. We're the team of destiny. Like That's that doesn't what I thought, happen- too. That doesn't happen to a team that doesn't win the World Series. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, you know, we'll just... Listen, we got another World Series running us, and there'll be oh, yeah. something. There'll be something crazy that happens in that, and then we'll be like, "That was the moment when we knew we were the team of destiny." It could even be in like six months' time. Yeah, I hope it is. I hope it is. Well, that was ten games. That took a lot longer than uh, I think we thought it was going to, but we just had a lot to say because look, we, this has been a this has been a very fun baseball team to follow up until this point in its history. It's going to continue to be a very fun team to follow, and as we look into that real quick. Give me one player that you're excited about uh, it through this through so far in spring training that you're that you're looking forward to watching, seeing what they might be able to do going forward through spring training. Do you know who's a player that's really like jumped out to me? And I don't think he'll be on the major league roster at least to start the year. Maybe not this year at all. But Ruben Cardenas, mm-hmm. he's been smashing the ball. Yeah. down in the Grapefruit League. He's been absolutely killing it. Um, so if he manages to get himself a look in somewhere, I'd be thrilled for him. He's he's doing really, really well out there. Um, I think he leads the team in total bases. He's got a OPS of 1.333 in a very small sample size. Yeah. But Ruben Cardenas is a guy that does appear on some top prospect lists for the race. So keep an eye on that name. I. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but just keep an eye on him down in the minor leagues. What about you? Colby White is the one that I'm really looking, really looking at. We're starting to see him fully come off of his injury now and starting to build back up as a as a reliever. I'm really excited to see what he has in him. I don't know if he'll make the team out of spring training. I kind of don't think so. I think he'll probably get some more time down in the minors. But I do wonder if he might be the first man up. After after we get into the season, I'm really excited to see as he continues to build up. The stuff looks great. Don't again, don't worry about box scores. Don't worry about any kind of scores really in spring training. This is this is a little PSA. If you're worried about the score of the game or the box score, you're watching spring training baseball wrong. Those things do not matter. All you, what you need to look for is how long are pitchers going for? Are they getting their reps from pitching perspective and innings perspective? Are guys getting their swings? Are they putting good swings on baseballs? And looking at things like the stuff of pitchers, which you can see through, like, as you see some advanced statistics in, like, Savant after games. There's some some of the games that they're in ballparks where they get Savant statistics. Go look at some of that stuff to see if you can see guys' stuff starting to progress the way you want it to. That's what we're looking for. Colby White, is his stuff is progressing in, in a good way. The velocity still is, still needs to get there, but he's kind of doing the things you want to see him do. So I'm excited to see what, what he could potentially be doing coming into the season. I love that pick. Um, only other one thing, the only real news out of camp is that uh, Yu Chang has been injured, which yeah. narrows down the middle infield battle a bit. Um, it sucks for Yu Chang because he had a home run the other day. Um, and, you know, he, he was going to be in the mix. He probably was a long shot to make the opening day roster, but he was in the mix to get a middle infield spot. Yeah. And he's probably going to get cut from camp now, which sucks. Yeah. Um, suck. So, Yu Chang, thank you for the couple of games you played with us in spring. Hopefully we'll see you sometime down the road. And, Hopefully so. Uh, we've now narrowed down the middle infield. The first elimination has happened. Yeah, and I mean, Jonathan Aranda is really, really playing well. We'll talk about this more next week as we get more games, but Jonathan Aranda is starting to make a really strong case for himself to get that spot coming out of uh, coming out of spring training, and we'll, we'll have to see if he can continue it, but he's played really, really well. He's been impressive so far. Yeah, he's been really, really good. And just a little fun tidbit, the most ABs given to a Rays player so far this spring, Austin Shenton, the corner infielder. Go figure. Uh, yeah, so maybe the Rays see something in him. They want to get him as much look in as possible. With yeah, I don't again probably a long shot to make the roster, but if a corner infielder goes down, maybe he's more likely to be called up than Caminero, who they would want to keep there a bit more for a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they kept him in the Rule Five draft, so they they obviously saw the value in a guy like that. We did not think that he was going to be still with the Rays. We both, I think, said we didn't think he was going to still be with the Rays through the Rule Five draft. He he's still here. And they obviously the Rays see some value there. So it'll be interesting to see how that value manifests itself. But yeah, that's another super interesting guy to watch throughout throughout spring training. So this is early in spring, very early. No point in looking too deep into any results. Definitely don't look into any results. No. Um, but keep an eye on the processes. Keep an eye on, like you said, the stuff. Don't look yes. at the record because it, it literally means 
nothing. Nothing uh, at all. So just chill, just enjoy watching some baseball when you can see it on TV. Or if you can get out to Port Charlotte, that'd be awesome. A spring training game looks like it's real good vibes. I've not been able to experience yeah. it before, but it looks like good vibes. Good vibes. Speaking of good vibes, our show, good vibes. And that is our show for today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us once again. Like and subscribe. It will be a huge favor to us if you do so, because uh, we really appreciate your support. We're building some awesome stuff. We're building towards another great season of Rays baseball. So like, subscribe, share. Get it out there to all your friends, because it's going to be a fun ride, and you want to be on this ride here at RBLR. That's our show, guys. Thank you, everyone, for joining us once again. I hope by the next time we see you, we'll know so maybe we'll know a little bit more about some of these roster battles. But until then, raise up. Raise up. Thank you for tuning into this presentation by RBLI Sports. On your way out of the stadium, please remember to like and subscribe.